Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, welcome tonight to Church on the Rock. Y'all ready for the word tonight? All right. I'm going to try to keep from going any further than this because if I go right here, people at home can't really see me. And uh, it's important that people at home see me because some of those people at home are, you know, my family, you know, literally, you know, and, and, uh, and our friends and our family all over the world. People are watching tonight, you know, from Russia, hello, uh, in, in Russia, you know, um, you know, maybe Israel tonight as well. I'll, I'll, I'll be seeing you guys soon. And then uh, all over the United States, around the world, country after country, do you know that we have, you know, thousands of people access our website each month just to go to the sermon notes and get the sermon notes well uh, you'll end up just having to listen tonight because this is all off of the cuff all right uh, are, are, are you already I got some things tonight that's going to share with you that will literally help you to be a soul winner in your world in your with your friends your family with people that you just meet and I'm going to help you to remember how to do it all right now listen what would you know what would you do if you died tonight, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? If you died tonight, I mean, I'm talking about it can happen, all right? Tomorrow, I'm preaching a funeral of a man that, that I was just talking to this last, you know, you know three, three, four days ago. I was just talking to him. We were sitting there talking. You know what? He died. Tomorrow, I'm doing his funeral. Whoa. If you died tonight, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? Well, let me ask you a question. If you were standing in front of Jesus and he said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Can I tell you what the Bible has to say? The Bible says that everybody's done wrong. And what you deserve for doing wrong is hell. It is separation from God. That's what we deserve. But we get to go to heaven if we only ask it's that simple. It is so simple that we need to make sure we know how simple it is and how we can communicate that. Tonight, I'm going to help you to remember three simple questions that you can ask people in order to make sure that you lead them to recognize that they want to be saved. You see, God's working in the lives of every man and woman, boy and girl. And there comes a moment in their life when they become ripe and ready. You know, we don't want to bruise any green fruit. So I'm not suggesting that we go out here and try to water our garden with a fire hose, okay? Uh, because that won't work. I'm not suggesting that you go fishing with a ball bat or start beating. You know, the Bible tells us he'll make us fishers of men. And if we're going to be a fishers of men, we have to realize that fish bite bait. And if you've ever been fishing, you know that there's a little game that goes on. You know, I mean, come, come on now, isn't there a little play? You go there, you know, to the, to the water with, with an idea that, that I have some bait and I have a hook and I'm going to get it out there where the fish are and I'm going to kind of tease them a little bit. I'm going to kind of draw them along. I might get a little nibble. You know, I may have fish come by and not want anything that I have. But if, if not, I'll change my bait. I mean, don't you do that? You know, some fish love to attack bait and some fish love to just go by and just, oh, just, just swallow it up. But I'm looking for the fish that are hungry. I'm looking for the fish that want what I got. And when they do, I need to know how to set the hook. 
And if I set the hook, I can reel them in. And that's what Jesus said he would do. He would make us to be fishers of men. And most of the time, as we talked about last week, people don't witness because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And they can't remember it. They don't, they don't have any confidence that what they are going to do is going to turn out to work. They really have no idea. And when you don't have confidence in doing something, you're weak at it. You're, 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 you, know, you shy away from it. And many people will be born again and live their whole life never having led one other person to the Lord. They expect that that's the church's job or just somehow people get saved. They don't even know exactly how. But if you look back the way that you got saved, most likely you got saved in a church because someone, either a preacher or, 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 or some other you know, person in a community, if it's not in church, someone talked to you and told you what to do. And this is what people are looking for. The Bible says that people are ripe. They are ready. Jesus said, don't say that people aren't ready. People are ready. Well, tonight I'm going to teach you how to be confident in talking to someone else about Jesus. Now, I talk to people about Jesus every day, okay? And I just told our staff and, and some in our green room um, tonight that I am running into so many people. Everyone so far this week that I've witnessed to has been born again, but it has awakened something in their life. I can see it when I talk to them about Jesus. I can see that whenever I ask them the questions, I can see it whenever I just share the word with them. I, I, I can see all of a sudden it wakes something up in their life and they begin to go, yeah, 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 you know, uh, and I, I I love the fact that there are so many Christians out here in our world, but what I don't necessarily enjoy is the fact that Christians aren't always taught how to be a witness. And it's one of our primary responsibilities. So tonight, I want you to know that there are three things, only three things, there are three things that every person needs to do in order to be saved, okay? Three things. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're going or where you've come from. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't matter what country you're from, what religious background you had. It doesn't matter. Every person has to do these three things in order to be saved and in order to go to heaven. Okay? Number one, they have to recognize that they need to be saved. They need to recognize, you know, recognize, you know, there is a God. My goodness, there is a God. And once they recognize that and that I need God, there is a God and I need God. You know, that's the recognition that I need to be saved. Now, once a person does that, they can take the next step. But without recognizing that, that they need God, that there is a God and they need God, the Bible says everyone who comes to God must first believe that he is. They have to recognize there is a God and I need him in my life. I need a Savior. I need help. Okay? Now, it is God's responsibility to work that in the hearts of people. It's our responsibility to wake it up, to stir it up, to just uncover it, to help them discover it. Now, God is the one by his Holy Spirit that's working in their life. God is getting people ready, and what he's having trouble doing is getting a person to go and stir that up and wake that up and bring attention to it. I mean, how many times has someone said something to you and you go, whoa, you know, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. 
Well, it happens with Jesus so often. People are ready. People, I mean, people literally all in your world. And that's the only people you're looking for. You are only looking for the people that are ready. If you find somebody that's not ready, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you might encourage them along the way and they might ask you questions. But people can only come to God through Jesus. And people can only come to Jesus if the Spirit of God is drawing them. That's what the Word of God says. That means that they have to be ready. God doesn't want a lot of fake salvations. God doesn't want a lot of hype. God doesn't want a lot of just, you know, empty confessions. God is wanting the heart to be changed and people to be born again. And that only happens in a process of them recognizing that something is happening in here. And we can help them to realize it, recognize it. We can help them. You know, God's working on them, and we just give them a chance to uncover it and to discover that I recognize. You know, I do believe there is a God. Some people have never actually said to themselves, whoa, I really do believe that. I know I came to a realization at one point that there is a God. I, believe, I, I, I can't tell you, you know, I can't prove to you that I love my children. But every now and then, I just kind of get this wash over me. I go, oh, I love my kids. Oh, it's just real. It's just real on the inside. It's, it's, it's spiritually tangible. It's something that cannot be denied. That's what happens in the life. What happened in my life, what happened in your life, and it's what happens in people's lives whenever God has prepared them and he can find somebody to be a witness to them. And we help them to wake up to the realization and recognize that they believe in God. Whoa, I can't tell you how many hundreds of people, thousands of people I have seen in their eyes whenever they go, oh, you know, I really do believe. You know, it happens. It's scary to them at times. Sometimes it freaks them out. Sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's just almost overwhelming to them. Whoa, I mean, have you had that experience? Did you believe? Did you believe in God? Did you ever have a life change? Something that literally changed your life? That's what happens. Number one, the one thing that, the first thing that people need to do, everyone, no matter who you are, you have to, number one, recognize that you need God. Okay? Recognize first there is a God, and I need him. Okay? The second thing that every person has to do, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, what age, stage of life they are, what their background is. Number two, they have to repent. Now, repent means to change. Okay? It means to change. It may be verbally. It may not be verbally. It may be, you know, a heart thing. Repentance is a, is a matter of the heart. It's a change of the heart that produces a change in direction in life. I was going this way, and whoa, there's a reason why now I want to go this way. There's a reason why I want to change. I want to, you know, I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to, you know, uh, people will recognize it. Number one, when they recognize there is a God, when they realize that, that there really is a God, then they repent and they say to themselves, I want to change. I, I need to change. That's repentance. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to do what's right. I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. But you know, people can recognize that they need help and they can change and start doing better and never be saved. Good, you know, bad people can become good people. 
Because they recognized that something was not right in their life and they decided they were going to change. And so they clean up their life. But cleaning up your life won't save you. Getting better is not going to fix you. Being a better version of, 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 of sinner you still won't change your life. And a lot of people come to church and a lot of people start trying to do better without the number three thing, which is the most important thing in these three steps. Number one, you have to recognize that there is a God and that you need him in your life. Respect him as God. Number two, you need to be willing to change and turn your life over to him and become a better person that is a part of life, becoming a better you, change how you are, give your life to him, recognize you need him, repent of the way you were and want to be better. But then number three, you are not saved until number three, you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. Recognize, repent, and receive. And until you receive Jesus, which is done by simply and sincerely believing, turning your life to him, and asking him to come into your heart and your life, save your soul, you know, and be your Lord and Master. Until you do that, until you receive him, you're not born again. And this is where many churches and many witnesses fall short of getting people born again. We oftentimes make very good disciples out of people who aren't saved. Helping them to be better instead of helping them to get born again. A conversion experience. Only Christ can convert. Only God can change a life. And for anyone to be born again, they must first recognize there is a God. They must accept. You cannot believe for something you do not believe in. If you do not believe in God, then you cannot be saved. If you do not decide to turn your life over to him, you cannot be saved. He's not going to, to, to come into your heart and life if you don't believe in him. He said, believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But you've got to first believe. Okay? And believing is very important. Now remember, God is the one that is responsible to put the seed of believing in their heart. You're not. God is. God is responsible for working with people. We as witnesses are only responsible to share the gospel. For the Bible says that, I, Paul said, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is the gospel? Recognize Repent and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the gospel. The gospel is that there is a God who loves you, has a plan for your life, and God is responsible for stirring in your hearts. But we as witnesses are responsible for helping people to awaken to the reality that there's something. God has been, God has been doing something. How many times have you talked to somebody and said, they, they, they say, God has been dealing with me about that? You know, yeah. I mean, almost everyone that I lead to the Lord, God has been already, they can tell you God has been talking to me about this for a long time. You know, I led a man to the Lord recently and he said, you know, I've always wanted to do that, but nobody ever asked me to pray. Well, tonight, 
I'm going to help you with confidence. Okay? Today I picked up a hitchhiker today. Well, he, he wasn't really hitchhiking. He wasn't thumbing down the road. He was just walking down the road. So I stopped and picked him up. I was on the phone with Darren, by the way. Darren, you hung up on me as I was talking to this guy. <laughs> I guess Darren thought I had more important things going on. Yeah, he did. Well, he actually didn't, but I did witness to him, but he was already saved. So me and him just had church. Okay. And so I stopped, I was, well, I was driving down the road and Darren and I were just having a conversation and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I didn't have a chance to say, Hey, Darren, just a second. I, I don't know. Uh, I, just, I stopped and rolled in the window. I said, Hey, you need some help. And he, you know, yeah, well, you know, I'm all, I said, no, I said, no, get in here. He said, no, no, I'm all right. I'll be all right. I said, no, get in here. Get in. I, I said, uh, hey, Darren. And Darren said, bye. <laughs> I said, get in here, man. And he got in. And uh, I, I, I said, no, listen, it's easy for me to help you. So, you know, we, we went. And I was, I was pulling in the parking lot. Well, I just went ahead and made a loop and went down the other direction. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and he, he ended up he needed some gas. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, ended up me witnessing to him. And, uh, and ended up, he was born again. And, and, you know, he was having a bad day. But by the time we got the gas in the truck, he was having a good day. He done met a Christian, and he got to tell the Christian that he was a Christian, and it just lit up his life. And you know what? I know it encouraged him that the next person that he meets, he's going to be bold enough to say, you know, God has been good to me. And you know what? I love Jesus. I love him so much. Let me ask you a question, I said. <laughs> well, I know what to do to lead someone to Christ. I'm confident. I am never embarrassed. I'm never without something to say. I know exactly what to do. Why? Because I've practiced it. I've rehearsed it. I've worked it over and over and over. And I'm going to teach it to you tonight. And I'm going to teach you how to remember it. And you'll never forget it. Okay? Many people lack the desire to witness because they don't know what to do. And when they, they would witness if they knew what to say. But success comes from working a well-orchestrated plan, from knowing what to do. Tonight I'm going to teach you three initial basic questions to ask everybody. Now, we have a plan. We know where we're going. We're in charge. Whenever you start to witness, realize you are in charge, okay? You are the one in charge, all right? Now, don't tell them that. Don't let them know that. But you know where you're going. I mean, it's like being, again, I'll mention being like, you know, talking points in a, in, a, in, a, in a political debate. You know what you want to say. It really doesn't matter what they say. You know what you're going to say. They can talk all day long, but you know where you're going. You have a plan. You're going to work. I mean, it's like you're a car salesman. You already know what you're going to say. It's like you're a telemarketer for every Everything they say, you have an answer. Why? Because you know where you're going. Well, let me tell you what. Well, let me tell you this. You know, I mean, it's like trying to, you know, get off of some, you know, uh, uh, some account that you have. They're going to keep you on because they have talking points. They know what to say. And you're not going to get off the phone. You have to be rude. And most people aren't going to be rude. 90% of the people that you're going to witness to are going to be willing and ready to hear you. And you're going to give them a good experience. Don't argue. Don't fuss. Don't fight. If it starts going south, back off and tell them, hey, we're getting the Foley's. Okay? Uh, leave, them, leave them with a good experience. 
so that the next person that they come to to witness to them, you know, some people sow seeds, some people water seeds, and some people reap a harvest. You will find yourself in life, if you decide you're going to be a witness, you'll find yourself in life being a person that sows a seed sometimes. You'll also be a person sometimes that just does a little weeding or does a little watering. And sometimes, in fact, if you'll do this very often, you will often become the person that gets to reap a harvest, all right? And so just don't bruise the fruit if it's not ripe. If it's ripe, it'll fall off into your hands in just a minute. So let me tell you what you need to remember. Three, three simple things, okay? Now imagine we're sitting right here right now, and through that back wall, we start hearing a noise and boom! busting through that wall knocking sheetrock everywhere I mean dust is flying over there is this purple casket that's coming right through here and it comes right down through here and it hits this right here that purple casket does and it jumps up on the platform leaving whatever it was rolling on and slides around here it tumbles three or four times and it stops right here and it opens up now written on the side of that casket is are you 100% sure okay I mean, I, I mean if that happened do you think you would remember that yeah You'd be as old as Mr. Perry saying, you know, I remember one day I was sitting in that church on the rock and there was a purple casket came busting through the wall. We don't know where it came from. It came right by me. People were scattering everywhere. And written on the side of that casket was, are you 100% sure? I saw it as it went by. Almost went over my toe. It hit up on that stage. It flipped three or four times. And when it finally came to rest, you know, the, the thing was open. You think you would remember that? Sure you'd remember that purple casket. Wouldn't you? Sure you would. Whew. Now, imagine that casket <laughs> comes rushing through here. It hits there, leaves that little roller thing that they roll caskets on right there. Now, written on the side of that is, are you 100% sure? That casket <laughs> tumbles, 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 and it comes over here, and it goes, <laughs> and it opens up. Written on the side of it, are you 100% sure? A man gets out of this casket. He comes up out of that casket. He gets out and, I mean, sheetrock dust is flying all over him. And he's wandering around and he, and he comes right here and he, boom, and he runs right into Jesus. Jesus is standing right here. Jesus, he's all dressed in white, but he has a sign. You ever see one of those sandwich board signs? You know what I'm talking about? It's one of those sandwich boards that looks like that. And people put it on and wear it, front and back, you know. Jesus is standing there with his wooden sign on. And written on that sign says, why, 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 On the back of it, why, 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 why. Now, do you think you would remember that? Huh? Sure you would. That casket comes bursting through that wall. What? What color is the casket? Purple. And it comes through here, and what's written on the side of it? Yeah. Now, you already know the first question. If you were to die tonight, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? You'll never forget that first question. You'll never forget that first question, okay? Can you imagine that? Casket comes over here. Man gets out, he's stumbling around, boom, he runs into Jesus. Jesus is wearing a sign, and on the sign it is saying what? 
Why, 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 why? Front and back covered with wine. Jesus, just right here. And Jesus points at that wine. Wine. Wow. Jesus then, with the man standing there looking, going, Jesus takes that sandwich board off and he sets it down. And he turns around and he goes over here. Right over there, just in front of that guitar, imagine there's this tall can, you know? Like, it's shaped something like, you know, uh, one of those uh, tall, slender, you know, uh, you know, cans, like real tall. It's, it's maybe 16 feet tall. It's just, it's just a tall, cylindrical can. And on the side of that can is this great big eyeball. Okay? And it's just looking all around. What's on the side of that can? There's a big eye. Okay? And on the top of that can is a telephone, one of those old telephones, okay? One of those rotary dial telephones. You know the kind that you had to plug into the wall and, and you know, and you had to take up and then you had to... There's a, there's a, there's a phone. It's a red phone sitting on top of that can. Okay? Are y'all with me on this now? Okay. Coming through that door is a what? Okay. And what's written on the side of it? Are you 100% sure? It hits here. Boom, 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 boom. And, you know, it, it rocks, opens up, you know. A man gets out, brushing himself off. He doesn't even know where he's at. And he runs over here and boom, he runs into who? Jesus. And Jesus has a sandwich board on and it says... Why, 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 why? Okay. First question. Are you 100% sure that if you died tonight, you would go to heaven? You'll never forget that first question. Second question. Jesus says, why should I let you into my heaven? Why should I let you into my heaven? Why? You'll never forget that second question. This is how I witness to people. I've been witnessing to people like this for years. Years and years and years. I've led people to the Lord all over the world by simply introducing into a common conversation a non-threatening question. You can, I mean, when, when, you know, we're sitting at lunch and, you know, driving down the road, you know, people I know, people I don't know, family, friends, you know. Hey, listen, can I, you know, can, can I ask you a question? There's something, I, you know, something I've been wondering about. It's truth. I have been wondering if these people, what's, you know, whether they're born again or not. Something I've been wondering about. Listen, you know, if you were to die tonight, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? I don't care what they say. I'm listening, but it doesn't matter what they say. They can babble. They can say, I don't know. They can say, yeah. They can say, sure. They can say, well, you know, uh, you know I, I hope so. Well, you know, they, they, they can say, you know, you know uh, I don't even believe in heaven. I don't care what they say. Why? Because I know where I'm going. I'm going to question number two as soon as they shut up. Right? I mean, that's what a car salesman's going to do. Come on, and he's got junk. For more than you can afford. I have eternal life and it's free. And I'm a fisher of men. 
And if I'm going to go fishing, I need a little bait. And I need, as the Apostle Paul said, I became all things to all men. If anybody, in, in any means, I might win some to Christ. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To those under the law, as under the law. To those without the law, as without the law. Although I'm not without the law in myself, I'm telling you what, I try to make some common ground with everybody I meet. If I can establish some common ground with them, then perhaps I can understand how they would let me into their world for just a moment to ask a few non-threatening questions in a kind way. I'm not trying to blast them, you know, to hell. I'm not going to condemn. I'm not going to convict. All I'm trying to do is wake up that God-given command according to Acts 17 and verse 30 that says God has commanded all men everywhere to repent. All I'm trying to do is to help them shine a little light on the fact that God has been working in their heart. God has been preparing them. They're ready and they're ripe. That's what I'm doing. I'm leading them on a place where God can bring them to Christ. Are you 100% sure that if you were to die tonight that you would go to heaven? Doesn't matter what they say. As soon as they, I'm going to listen to them, I'm going to go, hmm, well, nice. Yeah, really? Gosh, hmm, wow. You know, be interested. Yeah. But as soon as they shut up, say, well, listen, if you were standing in heaven, you met Jesus, and he said, why should I let you into my heaven what would you say? It doesn't matter what they say. I don't care what they say. I am on a journey. I am been commissioned by the Holy Spirit. I am anointed as a witness. The Holy Ghost has filled me with power to be a witness. I am awakening a God moment in their life. And I have seen it over and over and over. People try to answer that question who aren't born again. They'll say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. Well, I'm a good person. Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't care what they say. And some people say, like the man today, well, I'm born again. I've been, you know, I've been born again. I've, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I said, great. Praise God, me too. You know, we just celebrated Jesus. But many times people will not give you the answer that I have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins have been forgiven and I've invited him into my heart and my life. And he's walking to me and talking to me every day. If I don't get that answer, if I get that answer, I celebrate. And I'll move on and ask them if they're 100% changed, which is a different thing. And if so, then I'll ask them if they're 100% committed. I want to make sure my ultimate goal is to make sure that they are attached to a church. They're making a living, making a life, and making a difference for Jesus Christ. Okay? I want to make sure they're saved, that they're being discipled, and that they are plugged into making a difference. Okay? And then I'll commission them to go and be a witness. But many times I run into people that aren't saved. It doesn't matter what they say. My first question, what is my first question? What is your first question? Are you 100% sure that if you died tonight, you know, if you died tonight, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? I mean, that guy died whew, in that casket. Are you 100% sure? He gets here. He comes out. He runs into Jesus. And Jesus says, why should I let you into my heaven? When I ask people that question, like I said, it doesn't matter what they say. I know where I'm going. I'm fishing. I am fishing to wake up 
the command of God in their life and for them to self-identify that Jesus Christ is calling me at this moment. And they'll begin to feel the Holy Spirit on them. Like nothing else that you can do, God will begin to work with them. God works with people. I don't know why, but the Bible says that it's through the foolishness of proclaiming the gospel that God has decided that men should be saved. God has decided that the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ will save men. I don't know why he limited it to that, but God has limited salvation to the proclamation of the gospel. It awakens something. It causes something in a person's life for them to realize that God loves them and has a plan for their life, and they say yes to God. Why should I let you into my heaven? Well, because I've been a good person. Well, I hadn't murdered anybody. Well, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Whatever they say, I'm going to say, well, you know, that's a good answer. You know, well, I understand. A lot of people don't know. My third question, your third question, what's over here? Y'all remember this can? What's on the side of it? I and on top of it. Y'all remember that? Oh, looky there. You already know the third question. Because my third question is, can I tell you, Jesus, by the way, all this time is doing this. Can I tell, he leaps about right here. He goes up 16 feet. He grabs the edge of that can and he pulls it over and it falls right here on this new stage. And when that telephone hits, it opens up and Bibles spill out everywhere. I mean, they're going everywhere. Can I tell you what the Bible has to say? Now you can remember that. I've never gotten to that place and anybody said no. I've never gotten to that place and somebody said, no, I don't want to hear what the Bible has to say. Never. By that time, as every good car salesman knows, you have a relationship with this person. They're not going to be rude and unkind to you. They wouldn't dare. And you're banking on it. That's why, forgive me for picking on car salesmen, they might want to take your keys or they may want to say, just a minute, I have to talk to my, my, you know, my manager. And they'll go and leave you sitting there. They're trying to create a relationship. They're trying to create you know, an environmental comfortability. You have created a comfortability here. A connection. What color is that casket? What's written on the side of it? The guy gets out, stumbles around. He doesn't know where he's at. He's in, in, at the gates of heaven. And he bumps into who? And Jesus says, why should I let you into my heaven? Whatever the man says is immaterial. Jesus says, can I tell you what the Bible has to say. Can I tell you what the Bible has to say? Now this is the hard part that you actually need to remember. You don't need scripture and verse. I'll give them to you. But you don't need to. Don't quote the Bible to them. Okay? In King James, 
or New King James or New Living Translation or try to put any these and thous in there. Don't, stop that. Just tell them what the Bible says. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says everybody's done wrong. Romans 3.23, that's where it says that, you know. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the Romans road to salvation. That's another great way to witness if you like. If, if you have a better tool, use it. If you don't have a better tool, use this one. And if you haven't been using one at all, try something. Okay? You will uncover. They will begin to recognize they believe in God and they need God. We should be, you know, people shining a light. Okay? Can I tell you what the Bible has to say? And they'll go, okay. And then you say, everybody's done wrong, the Bible says. And the Bible says that what we deserve for the wrong things we have done is to be separated from God for eternity. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Talking about eternal death. But can I tell you what the Bible has to say? Well, the Bible says you know, we've all done wrong, every one of us. And what we deserve for the wrong we've done is to be separated from God. But there is a free gift of God, a free gift of eternal life. If, Romans 10, 13, you just ask. That's what it says. That's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ says we've all done wrong. And what we deserve is to be separated from God forever. But God, in His grace, has a free gift. If you deserve it, you can't have it. You can only have it if you don't deserve it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. God has a free gift of eternal life that He's willing to give to anyone who asks Him. And while that is settling in on them, because that's the gospel, you know what the gospel does? Do you know what the Word of God does? That's the Word of God, okay? That is the Word of God. It, it may not have the these and the thous, but it wasn't broken up into, into verses when it was written. The Holy Spirit gave us the gospel. We've all done wrong, and what we deserve for the wrong we have done is to be eternally separated from God. But God is willing to give us a free gift, and this free gift is eternal life, and he will give it to anyone who asks him. For all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. My goodness, what a gospel message. You just gave them the gospel. And while they're going... Because that word, that's the word of God. The word of God does something different than what we have just been doing with them. We've been preparing their hearts. But the word of God penetrates their very soul. And it wakes up a desire to be one with God. To be one with their creator. And while that sinks in, you look at them as straight as you can. And you ask them one closing question. This is the question you ask as you're looking at them. Is there any reason in your wildest imagination why you would want to spend eternity in hell? Ooh, that gets them. By the time I got them there, they're going, no, 
No, no. Because it's a reality, no. Now I'm telling you, I gave you statistics last week of how many people we have seen born again. We saw 120,000 people born again in one year by using this method. Those that we taught around this nation and, and also in other places, in one year we saw 120,000 people say yes to Jesus Christ. I see people say yes to Jesus Christ every week because they recognize, they repent, and they receive. And they are not saved until they receive. They are not saved until they ask Jesus into their heart. And that's what you're about to do. Question number one, if you were to die tonight, are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? You're never going to forget that question. Just think about the casket. Just think about tonight. High intense things make an impact on us and get into our memory so that we never forget it. You can you never forget it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need practice. You need to practice this. You need to practice on one another. It's simple. It's easy. It takes about a minute and a half to two minutes to lead someone to Christ. You can lead your family, your friends. It's non-threatening. Keep it non-threatening. And if they have a bad experience, they want you to shut up, then shut up and talk about something else. God will send somebody else along the path, but you never know what you may have uncovered and cause them to discover in their life but most of the people that you encounter will go all the way through this with you you know are you one you know are, if, if you were denied tonight are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven doesn't matter what they say next question if you you know were standing in front of Jesus in heaven and he said why should I let you into my heaven what would you say I don't care what the response is. I know where I'm going. I have a plan. I'm confident. That's what gives me confidence. You know? Whatever they say, I go, hmm, good. That's, you know, well, wow. I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you what the Bible has to say? The Bible says we've all done wrong. And what we deserve for that is eternal separation from God. But God is willing to give a free gift of eternal life to anyone who calls upon his name. If you ask him, he'll save you. Now they have to believe to receive. But that's God's business. Don't go saying no to Jesus for anybody don't decide they're not ready when you decide someone's not ready to be witnessed to or somebody's not ready to be saved you are saying no to Jesus for them and you might be saying no to eternal life for them their children their grandchildren can I tell you what the Bible has to say? The Bible says that everybody's done wrong. Me, you, everybody. And what we deserve for the wrong that we have done is to be eternally separated from God. But there is a free gift of eternal life that God is willing to give to anyone who calls upon him, anyone that asks him, if you'll simply ask. Now, while that's settling in, this question, direct question, is there any reason in your wildest imagination, why you would want to spend eternity in hell? They will say no. And that's where you make this command and this demand. Then pray with me right now. God, 
pray with me right now. I'm not, this is not a suggestion, it's a command. Pray with me right now, God. And you'll see them going, God, while they're praying, the Holy Ghost is creating a miracle in their life. And you lead them through a simple prayer of recognizing, repenting, and receiving Jesus by asking him, come into my heart, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. Teach me how to live. I'm yours. That's the way you witness effectively. Get a plan. Make sure that you close the deal because they're not saved just because they became a better husband, because they become a better wife, a better parent, a better employee. They're not saved because they became a better person. They're saved because they were born again by recognizing there is a God and I need him. By turning and giving their life to him and saying, here it is. And by receiving him in prayer, come into my heart, Jesus. Those are realities. That's the only way you got saved. There's not another way. For it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation. Nothing else works. Nothing else works. Close the deal. Is there any reason in your wildest imagination why you would want to spend eternity in hell? Then pray with me. Right now. Doesn't matter where you are. Pray with me. Right now. God, look, pray with me. God, they'll do it. I promise you, God is the one that will save them. While they are praying, they will connect with a a living, eternal creator that loves them and gave his son for their life. And if they will but call upon his name, he will come into their life. He will save their soul and he will begin to lead them just like he did me, like he did you. He will take care of them and watch over them and never forsake them. He will teach them what to do. He'll wake them up at night. He'll encourage them. He'll send angels on assignment to protect them and he will take them to heaven when they die and that will be the biggest change in their life don't say no to Jesus for anybody be a witness and you know what to do now right what's the first question okay what's the second question Okay, what's the third question? And what does the Bible say? Everybody's done wrong. What we deserve is to be separated from God forever, but he is a free gift. You know, you need to write those down. Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, and 10, 13. And you will see people be born again. Okay, leave them with a good experience. If any time during this witness that they want you to shut up then shut up talk about something else 
You know what will happen? Same thing that happened to me. They'll come back around later and ask you about it one more time. Why? Because it was pleasant. It was non-threatening. And it's something that every, every person from every religion all over the world is concerned with eternity. Concerned with what happens after. Okay? Come on. Well, most every religion. So there, there might be one or two stupid ones. But, okay? <laughs> but just, just read off this. That's the best you can do. And get familiar with it. You need to practice it. Get a friend and practice it. It's called role play, okay? Do a little role play. One of you play, you know, uh, you know in fact, uh, let, 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 me, let, me, uh, let, let me do it to you real quick, okay? Just follow through that and let me do this to you. You ready? We're just talking. We're just sitting around here, you know. Uh, you know, just, you know, have a moment. We're, you know, waiting in the hospital, you know, with, with, uh, in, in, in a waiting room and talking to a few people. Just... After you got a conversation, you're going, hey, listen, you know, could I ask you a question? If you were to die tonight, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? And then listen. Remember to listen. You're creating a non-threatening relationship. Hmm, wow. Hey, could I ask you another question? If you were to actually get there to the gates of heaven and you ran into Jesus and he asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Huh. Well, that's, 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 that's pretty good. I can see that. Wow. Well, listen, can I tell you what the Bible has to say? The Bible says that we've all done wrong. And what we deserve for doing wrong is to be eternally separated from God. But the Bible says that there's a free gift that God is willing to give to anyone. If they just ask him. One last question. Is there any reason in your wildest imagination why you would want to spend eternity in hell? No? Not me either. Pray with me right now. Come on. Pray with me right now. Let's pray. God, Lord, just, just say this with me. I recognize that I, I believe in you. And come on, pray with me. God, I recognize that I do believe in you and that I need you. Lord, I, I, I don't know what you can do with my life, but I'm going to give my life to you. you know, uh, if you can use me, use me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Be my Lord. Teach me. I'll do my best. Help me. Amen. And that's enough. God is looking for every technicality he can to save a soul. He's not looking for technicalities to keep them away. They may not be perfect the moment they walk away in your eyes, but they will be in his.